Welcome to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, 20 minutes or less of power-packed strategy to disrupt your thinking, elevate your mindset, and help you scale your sales online. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight-figure entrepreneur. Let's go. All right. So let's go ahead and dive in. So Peter, first of all, I want to start by saying all of the proceeds of the book are going to Feeding America. Yes? That's right. Yeah. I have to start with that because that's incredible. Philanthropy is so near and dear to my heart. And it's so awesome that you guys are using this as an opportunity to make such a huge difference in the world. So had to start there. I will also say as a business owner uh, and as an investor myself, I think that it is extremely confusing and overwhelming to be in the market to invest right now. Um, and so I was very much looking forward to this conversation today because, you know, things are a little crazy, right? <laughs> right? So I want to just really open up the floor to you. I know that, you know, one of the things that the book really talks about is like, even though, you know, we're, we're in this kind of zig and zag that's going on, it's still a great time to build wealth and to invest. And I would love to just open up the floor to you on that a little bit. Well, I think that people always think about if, if, the, if everything feels good, it's the time to invest. But these the market is really actual real companies that sell real things yeah. and the market's always generally priced about right so for example if we go to march 2020 when it was chaos and we didn't know would anyone be able to go to chipotle again would anyone be able to get on a plane again those stock prices were way down right and a lot of people said oh it's not a good time to invest because things are bad well that's why the prices are down you know, towards the end of 2020, the you know Dow's at 30,000. The market's doing great, and it's doing great because we know that there are three vaccines that would will be you know online that are really effective. Right. So people will fly again, and they will go to restaurants again, and so the market's priced to reflect that. So at both times, the market is priced where it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So an investor should just be investing. You know, you should if you can save a thousand a month or ten thousand a month or $50 a month, just every month, do it. And in the long run, it'll work itself out. I love it. So when you're thinking about, and, and with the guidance that you've provided in the book, this is everybody get your copy, by the way, The Path. When right. you're thinking about the guidance that you're giving and, and just kind of, I guess, your personal philosophy on how you're guiding people through this process, how do you look at kind of the different components of people's portfolio and the ways that they're investing? And what's your personal kind of thought process that you want to give people to kind of get that started? Well, I think you, everyone should have a plan. A plan doesn't have to be big and complex. It can be a piece of, you or a piece of paper, mm -hmm. but you start with, well, what, what do I have? And of the things I have, what brings money to me? Yeah. So you might have a job that brings money to you or a business that brings money to you. You might own a duplex that you rent out that brings money yeah. to you. And what assets do I have that don't bring money to me? A car doesn't bring money to you, but it's an asset. A house doesn't bring money to you. In fact, it's money away from you, but it's an asset. So we look at what you have and what's bringing money to you. And we look at what wants to what you want to happen down the road. Maybe you want to be financially independent, you know, 20 years from now. Well, how much do we have to save each month? And what rate of return do we need to make that happen given what you already have in place? Mm -hmm. And from there, we can build a portfolio. And for, for money that we don't need for 10 years or more, it should be in things like stocks and real estate. For money we may need a year from now because we're saving to start up a new business or we're trying to buy a car, pay for a wedding. That should be in bonds or, or maybe even shorter term uh, 
bonds or cash. Mm -hmm. So matching the investments to the goals, I think, is the key to being successful. Mm -hmm. And when you look at even investments within different sectors, like, for example, as we're as we're going into 2021 now and we look at everything that happened with kind of the moratorium on on, you know, defaults and, and the changes in the market and, and kind of where things are going economically. If someone, for example, is looking at expanding their real estate portfolio, do you feel that there's there's a stronger strength or stability in, for example, single family home investments or bigger, you know, investments in a, a larger complex or, right? Well, I love how you divided that out because most people just say real estate, like it's all the same. And to your point, it's very, very different. Yes. So like if we look at the real estate marketplace now, um, office is really struggling because people don't know, you know, will people really go back to work or is everyone going to work from home? And, yeah. and um, obviously retail, this was the final nail in the coffin. Yeah. That's really devastated. But on yeah. the other hand, storage and industrial or industrial and apartments are doing really, really well. Yeah. So you really have to look at the segment and go with real estate. A big part of it's what are you earning over time? The cash flows over time. Yeah. And that has a lot to do with the entry point. So single family homes right now is, very tough to make a case to invest in those today because interest rates are so low. It's driven record home buying. You have all these people leaving apartments and buying these single family homes. So an investor is competing with all those folks. They just can't buy right yeah. to get the cash flows from that. You yeah. can take, you can roll the dice on, on office um, because there's a lot of people that think really everyone will come back and that right. we'll work through this glut and that office is really a, a home run waiting to happen because uh, everyone's scared of it. It's priced really low. So it has a lot to do with your risk profile, but focusing to your point on the segment is mm -hmm. really going to be a key to success. I think the one area where you can say, hey, you're just competing with non-investors and it doesn't make sense now is probably single family homes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We've seen that. We've been we've been looking at properties and we're like, it's it's just yeah. not it's not the moment, right? It's it's right. not the moment. But hopefully and the moment and the moment will be back. And yeah, it will absolutely. it will it won't take long. Usually it usually doesn't take long. For sure. For sure. Now, you know, in the book, you do guide people through identifying the right financial advisor. And especially all of my listeners are business owners, a lot right. of them very rapidly growing online. You get to a point where you do get beyond your own scope of knowledge mm -hmm. in terms of what to do with your money. For sure. Right. You, you definitely get to that point. But I think that in the past, I, I think that there was an evolution kind of of the financial advisor role into not truly serving, um, you know, the, the people that they were meant to serve. Then I think there's been a rebirth of that and almost like a change in, in how that's structured and, and an evolution of that. And, and now there probably is, but most people don't really know how to access those people or how to evaluate those people to find right. someone that truly will be working in their best interests and and only you know be compensated if they win right so right. why don't you walk us through a little bit of one the decision making process for what you should be evaluating and two how how to find these people right so i think there's a couple things that you can look for that really can separate the field so for example if you you want an advisor that works for a company that does not have their own investment products that by itself eliminates 90% of advisors. So 90% of the people you hire, you're going to pay them 
and they will wind up selling you an investment that their company owns. And usually the investment doesn't have the same name, so people don't really notice it. But you want to get away from that. One of the things all your listeners know because they're business owners is compensation drives behavior, right? Incentives matter. So if you're sitting across the table from somebody who's going to get paid more, if they sell the company's investments, those are the things you're going to wind up with in your portfolio. The second thing you want is you want an investment advisor that never gets a commission selling you an investment because you will wind up with those kinds of investments. If you can just screen for those two things, you get down to a less than 10% of advisors that are out there. And then from there, you want somebody with experience. So if, you know, you, most people don't work with somebody, you don't go get knee surgery from somebody who does knee surgery you know, a couple times a year. You want somebody who that's who everyone goes to that's like you. So find someone who works with people like you, doesn't work for a company that has their own products, doesn't work on investment commission, and that has a tremendous amount of experience with people like you. And, you know, that by itself, you'll get down to a very, very small group of people. Yeah, then you want to look for a fit. You want to get along with the person, like the person, and, and have a good relationship because you'll talk to them a lot about a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the the best portfolio managers or, or financial advisors that do fit those two criteria that you just gave us, how do they get compensated? How do they, how do they win? And yeah. how that come together? So those advisors will be in a group of advisors that work for RIAs or registered investment advisors, and they'll get paid one of two ways. So one is they'll either charge a percentage of the money that they're managing. So if your account goes up, they make more, your account goes down, they make less, and they don't have an incentive to recommend one investment over the other. Okay. Or they just charge a flat fee. They say, this is what it's going to cost for me to advise you. And I'm going to charge you that for the project or a certain amount uh, every year. Even in that world, it can get confusing because some of those advisors are what are called duly registered, meaning they're registered as an independent advisor, but also as a broker. So you you want to avoid that. And sometimes independent firms sell their own products too. So it's such a minefield. But if you can start in the RIA space and make sure they don't have their own products, uh, that's the way to get there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, everything has changed so much and it is changing so much in every realm of life, as we know, as we sit here and do this interview today. Um, And, you know, obviously we have the crypto market that is is exploding and, you know, there's a lot of talk about are we going to a completely digital currency? You know, is the government going to have their own currency? You know, what are what are any thoughts or ideas that you have around that market? So, I mean, I look at cryptocurrencies as a speculative holding, meaning mm-hmm. it may or may not work out. In yeah. the meantime, you're not going to get paid, right? So, yeah. if if some of your listeners buy real estate, they get paid, right? They're getting rent. Mm-hmm. If you buy a bond, you get a yield. If you get stock, you get a yeah. dividend. Um, with cryptocurrency, you just hold it and hope someone else will pay you more for it. That's what it is. Uh, yep. There's 3,000 cryptocurrencies. I strongly feel that 99.9% of them are going to go to zero. I mean, they're just going completely I'm not crazy. I've been having this conversation and, and I'm yeah. like, the world thinks I'm crazy. That's been my gut from day no, one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think 99.9% will go to zero. So the question becomes... Will there will there be a few um, that emerge? Mm-hmm. And maybe there will be a few that emerge, and maybe one of those will be Bitcoin. And those are still maybes, right? And so if someone was going to invest in that, I would encourage it to be a very small amount of mm-hmm. their, their overall portfolio and be prepared to lose it. I mean, it's either going to go up tenfold or it's going to zero. 
uh, but it's not going to grow at 7% a year. It's that's just not the outcome that's going to happen there. It has to be that side cash that you're completely okay if it disappears overnight, right? That's, right. that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So for you, let's talk a little bit about the evolution of your career and how you got to the place where you wanted to write this book in particular about the path, what your what your core objectives in writing the book were and kind of what 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 is the movement that you're trying to create in the market as far as helping people chart their course to financial freedom? So I've been, you know, I've owned creative planning um, since two, 2004. So I've been at this a long time. And we work with clients in all 50 states, all three groups, people that have a huge amount of money, you know, 10, 25 million and up, kind of the millionaire next door, and then people who have 50,000 up to invest. And I see a lot of those clients. I write newsletters, have a lot of conversations with them. We put on presentations. And I've written books about how to manage money, how to how we manage money and how best to, to um design a portfolio to match your goals. Uh, the mm -hmm. first one, five mistakes every investors make is really about how to just stay the course. Unshakable, which I did with Tony Robbins was about, you know, how to navigate crashes and, and problems like the pandemic. This one was really more, how do you get everything right? Like everything about wealth management. If you want to get from here to there, you following that path. Yes. There are a lot of things that you need to do to stay on the path. And a lot of people, things that can derail you. And they're not just around money management. So really trying to have risk management, how not to lose everything because somebody falls down the stairs in your house and sues you or because you get in a car accident or someone slips and falls on, on the ice on the sidewalk in front of your house. There's a section on that. Uh, estate planning, you don't spend your whole life growing the money and then you lose a lot of it to taxes or it gets tied up in court because you didn't take two hours to get some basic documents done that I explain in detail in the book. So I really try to go from financial planning, estate planning, tax planning, money management, what are all the things that need to happen to really make sure that you're on the right course to be successful? As, as your listeners are business owners, most of them are working 60, 70 hours a week, every week, all year, thousands and thousands of hours. What I try to do is say, here's what you need to know so that in three hours a year or less, you can make sure that all those hours and all that savings you, you've done don't go to waste, that they're really pointed in the right direction for you. Yeah, no, that's really, I, I love that you're helping people to understand that it's not just the making money piece of it. It's all the other things. Around yeah, you got to keep it and you got to grow it and you got to give it to somebody. Yeah. And, and sometimes, like you said, sometimes the risks are nothing even to do with the money itself, but those other things around it. And I think it's really, it's, it's incredible that you made sure that the book is conveying that so that people can have that plan. So inside your company, let's talk a little bit about how you help people and, and what this looks like, you know, for business owners, maybe in the million to $10 million phase right. that are growing and, and are really now starting to say, I need to get serious about having a plan for wealth building, not just money making, which are right. different, right? You know, a lot of our clients at Creative Planning are business owners because they value the coordination of things. So if you look at like what we're doing is not just building a portfolio for them, but we're building a portfolio that takes into account the reality of the world that they live in. Yeah. If they have real estate investments, we may not use real estate in the portfolio. If they're in the energy business, we may not put energy in their portfolio. So we really try to figure out the context of the money and the goals of the money. So this purpose-driven, customized money management is a very big part of it. The other big part is we practice law. We, we practice tax. So we have an accounting team. We have an estate planning team, real estate team, business lawyers, 
financial planners. And so all those things a business owner needs, like I need a will and a trust. I might need a buy-sell agreement. I need to transfer this property to this trust. We do all of that stuff. I might need to have a conversation with you because I think I have like eight different people in, in eight different right. companies that I'm using for all of those things right now. So that Right. And that's the point of creative planning is that you're basically the general contractor and you're busy, right? And the, and the ball is going to get dropped and you don't know what you don't know. And so the idea is, hey, we're talking to each other here. We're going to meet with you, understand what you need. And then we're all going to communicate with each other to make sure we give you everything you need. So you don't have to think about all those things. You're laying in bed at night and go, I wonder if I told... Uh, my investment manager, what my CPA yeah. said. It, it it gets to be a lot. I mean, we, okay. we've had a couple of calls trying to coordinate between the legal team, the HR team, the, the team that's doing the entity management, the tax team, the bookkeeping team, and the account. It, it's, it's unbelievable. And I know for some of you guys listening, you may not be there yet, but you will be there. And that's why I'm seeing the value in what you're saying here, because I personally have experienced that as we've grown. Yeah. So, so with your firm, when you are working with people, um, I'm assuming you guys obviously follow the principles that you recommended earlier in terms of how your team wins, comp gets compensated. Um, are, are you working with people on selecting investments across sectors for them and, and making recommendations to them across sectors of investment? Yeah, we're looking at every. So we have access to private real estate, if, if and they can focus on a certain kind of real estate and yeah. private lending, and you can focus in certain areas and private equity, where you can different one some specialize in infrastructure and some specialize yeah. in technology, um, and all the way from that to broad market index based investing, depending on where the investor is and the cycle of what they're trying to accomplish. And so yeah. we. We really have access to the in-house teams with all of the best-in-class outside investments yeah. uh, that I, I think someone would need no matter where they are in that in the scope of their life in terms of what they're looking for. Smart. Yeah, that's that's really smart. And that's that's really helpful. And probably financially provides a lot of cost savings also, regardless of what your fee is, because not having to pay eight different companies for those things. It, it, there's it, no restarting. Oh, no, yeah, there's no restarting, getting some of the speed and or justification of something taking a long time. It just for sure. try to move quickly. For sure. So so I would love to talk a little bit about your relationship with Tony Robbins. So you guys have done more than one book together, right? Yeah. This is not your first book that you've done together. So how has that relationship unfolded? How have you guys worked together? What what kind of triggered you writing this particular book together? Well, he had, you know, he owns a business, obviously, with a lot of employees. Yes. They had a 401k plan. Uh, they met somebody, his name's Tom Zagainer, who walked him through his 401k plan that he was using a broker, he was paying too much, and that his fees could be cut in half using, you know, Tom as an independent advisor. And that really opened Tony's eyes up to trying to find the right advisor because everything yeah. flows from that, right? You yeah. need the right doctor, and then you get the right medication and treatments and course of action and all that. You got starts with the professional. So he, he started to really look into this and he talked to John Bogle, who was the founder of Vanguard. He talked to Charles Schwab, who obviously founded Schwab and Alan Greenspan, who was the chair of the Federal Reserve. And some of his clients that are hedge fund managers like Tudor Jones and Ray Dalio. And he wound up with these 50 interviews. And so he put them into a book, uh, Money Master the Game. And yeah. that became I, it's still the best-selling book of uh, on finance this century, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, but he um, that from there... 
they started getting flooded with referrals. His advisor did. His advisor was like, I can't handle these. His, his advisor and I talked, and, and that's how Tony found out about creative planning, ultimately got to, to know us, and um, we wound up writing Unshakable together, which did very well, which is about markets. And now got he's got a few chapters in this book, The, the Path, too. So we both share this passion for trying to educate people on the importance of using an independent advisor that doesn't have their own product, yeah. avoiding some basic mistakes like market timing and things like that, and really following a disciplined plan. And so we share th those common themes and it's it's worked very well. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's great. And I, yeah, I know you do talk about understanding market volatility and not making mistakes. And, you know, I, I feel like with the the transition that we have coming up and, and some of the things that are, you know, ahead of us, there probably will be some volatility. There'll probably be some opportunities, some great opportunities. I hope there will be some great opportunities. Um, what do what are you keeping your eye on in the first quarter of 2021 that you perceive as being opportunities for your clients and that your company will really be like watching for? Obviously, well, no one can predict, but what, right. what are you watching for in the first quarter of the year? Right. I think, you know, all things being equal, which is never the case and everything staying as it is today, which is also never the case. It yes. looks like it looks like 2021 could really be an incredible year. I mean, I think we should see. Mm -hmm. Interest rates are low and we should see unemployment really decline as everyone mm -hmm. gets back to work. And yeah. it looks like there was not a lot of permanent damage created by this crisis. So we're really going into the year with an extremely positive outlook. Now, having said that, to your point earlier, we came into this year with a very positive outlook. Now, it's actually turned out to be a great year. on pay If you look on paper, it's an amazing year if you don't have the context of what you just went through. But what the pandemic shows us is you cannot predict what's going to happen, Not yeah. not just kind of, but at all. So if you look at the big bear markets of the last 20 years, you don't just have that. You have 9-11, which obviously no one knew about, and you and you had things like the 809 crisis uh, <clears throat> come undone. All of these came at a period of relative calm. So you know, if you're a business owner, and let's say you've got a listener who's 40, about every five years on average, the market drops by a third, every five years on average. Mm -hmm. That means it's going to happen like eight or nine times in your life. Get used to it, right? Mm -hmm. Have a plan where yeah. you're pushing and saving through that. And the opportunity is really being aggressive about your buying during those periods of time. So, yeah. you know, when the Dow passed 30,000, uh, it was the first time investor confidence was up, meaning the first time that investors really felt this year that they could invest. Well, that's unfortunate because the Dow was closer to 20,000, you know, a lot under 20,000 a little while ago. That opportunity mm -hmm. was missed. Yeah. Right. So you want to have the confidence in the bad times uh, yeah. and, and really take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Exciting stuff. It's yeah. I mean, I, I think um, being a part of the wealth creation process for people is just an awesome place to be seated. It's a great thing to get to witness and observe. And I'm sure you've seen um, both people make mistakes that took them off course and then also made really good decisions that you're like, wow, getting to see that play out really changed the, the outcome for their family. So just kind of tying together everything that we discussed here today, I would I would love to just have you do kind of a quick rapid fire of mistakes to avoid that maybe you've seen not go well. And then key things that like when you look at your clients that have really done the best working with your firm, what were those things that across the board they consistently listened to or took action on or planned for? 
Well, I think number one, don't pick your investments based on what's hot at the moment or based on your age or based on your risk tolerance. Pick them based on your goals. So have goals. Business owners have business goals, yeah. have personal goals of what we're trying to do and have every dollar you invest move towards that. So, number two, have your money working for you. You know, you get up and go to work. You should visualize every dollar bill throwing a shovel over its shoulder and going to work too. If you've got money in cash, that, that money is going to work, but for a bank, not for you. Have every dollar pointing towards something that's earning money, real estate, stocks, bonds, whatever. Have your cash going to work for you every single day. Over time, that makes a very, very big, you know, very big difference. Third, don't look for entry points. Don't wait till after election or after a pandemic or after, invest, invest, invest. Uh, today's the best day only because yesterday's gone. Don't wait. A key of successful investors is just to get going, get on the right path, uh, push forward, and then be disciplined. Yeah. Don't get thrown off course. Uh, have, you know, understand that things are going to happen and you're going to get through them. Just keep pushing through the whole thing. I love it. I love it. That's great, great advice. As we end this year and go into the next, it's like know where you're going, be willing to commit to staying the course, right? Be disciplined, be ready to ride the wave, right? Because it's going to be right. a wave. Yeah. Uh, that reset is, is always happening in some way, shape or form. So this was just a great conversation, Peter. Thank you so much for taking the time with me today. Uh, definitely want to invite everyone to get your copy of the book, The Path. Peter and Tony Robbins wrote this together. Uh, want to invite them also to check out your work, your company, how you're helping people to build wealth. Where is the best place to do that? They can go to creativeplanning.com or they can follow uh, me or the firm on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Awesome. Creativeplanning.com. So thanks so much, Peter, for being here. I really appreciate our conversation today. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for another episode of the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, and we'll see you back here next week. Thanks, everybody. If you're loving the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show and have gotten any value out of it for your business or your life, would you mind doing two things for me? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their business online. And I would so appreciate and have so much gratitude to you if you could take that action for me. And subscribing is what gets you notified each time a new show gets released so you never miss a thing. Our listener reviews have helped us to climb into the top 15 of all marketing podcasts and we'd love your help to keep on climbing. Here's to our next 600 episodes together. We so appreciate you and look forward to thousands more.